We're going to be going through the book of Daniel. We're in the last part of Daniel's vision of, da- um, of Daniel chapter number 12. And um, we're going to do a little bit of a review before we get into chapter 12, since this will be the last message from the book of Daniel. Um, I want to make sure that you understand that like the book of Revelation is for the New Testament, the book of Daniel is the greatest and most comprehensive prophetic revelation in the Old Testament. Now this is not putting down any other prophetic book in the Old Testament. There are some very important prophetic books. The book of Zechariah, the book of Ezekiel, the book of Isaiah. All very important when it comes to the prophecy of things that are yet future to us. But Daniel holds a special place. It is very precise. It gives us the timeline for the Jews of how God is going to use them all the way up to the time that He returns to establish His millennial kingdom. Now as we look, understand that Daniel is um, basically put into two parts. It is a book of history and prophecy. The book of Daniel is a book of history and prophecy. The first six chapters of the book of Daniel deal primarily with history, and the last six chapters of the book of Daniel deal primarily with prophecy. And um, there's a couple of things that we need to look at, just as a recap of the book of Daniel. I want you to remember the importance of the parallel between Joseph and Daniel. Both of these men were young men who were carried captive into a foreign nation. Joseph carried as a slave into Egypt, and Daniel carried as a captive into Babylon. Both of them had great trials of faith. We remember David. I mean, Joseph suffered in Potiphar's house and had to deal with Potiphar's wife. Daniel had to deal with um, the dietary um, law rules of the king and standing against those wicked rules. And also, he had to deal with the, um, the fact of him praying and um, three times a day, the fact of Daniel in the lion's den. Both of them suffered great trials of faith. Also, both of them rose to prominence in their kingdom. Daniel reaching the third highest post in the land, uh, Joseph reaching the second highest post in his land. Both of them did that by both dreaming, having dreams, and also by interpreting dreams. And both of them also prophesied a future return to the promised land of their people. There's very important parallels between Joseph and Daniel. And why is there a parallel between the two? And the purpose for that was for God to show the Jews that just as much as He was with them in the past, even while they're being punished in Babylon, God is still with them, and God will still use them. And um, also when you consider that, I don't know what you're going through in life, but maybe you're going through a trial of faith, or maybe right now you're living under some punishment from God. You've done something wrong, and you're feeling the chastising hand of God. I don't want you to think that you're the only one that's ever been through that. Every one of us at one time in our life, if we're followers of Jesus Christ, have been chastised by our Heavenly Father. But I want to assure you of this. Even though you may be being punished right now, God will still use you and God still loves you. And He is still with you even in the hardest times and trials. We also see in the book of Daniel a parallel between the burning bush and Moses and also the fiery furnace and the three Hebrew children. If you remember, the Bible said that And when Moses saw the burning bush, that the bush was burning, it was on fire, yet the fire did not consume the bush. It also said that the angel of the Lord spoke unto Moses from within the burning bush. And we also see in the the story of Daniel, I mean, the three Hebrew children and the fiery furnace in Daniel chapter number 3, 
that the three Hebrew children were cast into the fire, yet the fire did not consume them, it did not burn them, and they did not even have the smell of smoke upon them. And while they were in the fiery furnace, the Bible said that they walked and talked with a fourth man, who Nebuchadnezzar said was likened to the Son of God. And who is that fourth man in the fiery furnace? It was none other than Jesus Christ. Both of these things, again, give an assurance to the Jews during their time of punishment that God was still with them. Also, we have to see the, par- the parallel between the, um, the miracle of the fiery furnace and Daniel in the lion's den. Both of these served a purpose. And what was the purpose of both these miracles again? For the three Hebrew children, because of their faithfulness, not bowing down to that idol of gold, through their faithfulness in the miracle of the fiery furnace, them not being consumed, what it did for the Jews as a whole was give them, during the time of the Babylonian Empire, a freedom to worship Jehovah without fear of persecution. And also during the time of Daniel, in the time of the Persian Empire, when Daniel took his trial of faith where he was, um, he was forbidden to pray, yet he chose by faith in God to continue to pray to God, when he was cast into the fiery furnace and God performed the miracle of shutting the lion's mouths, and Daniel was delivered from the fiery furnace, it also provided for the Jews during the Persian Empire the freedom to worship the Lord without fear of persecution. We go on, and I just want to remind you of the four kings of the book of Daniel. We remember Nebuchadnezzar, a man who came through the miracles and the faithfulness of Daniel and the three Hebrew children, came to a knowledge of God, and I believe before he died, he became a believer in the Lord. I believe one day we will actually see Nebuchadnezzar in heaven. I believe that he came to faith in God. We see his grandson, Belshazzar, who fell because of his wickedness. We see Darius, that man who favored Daniel, that man who provided freedom to the Jews to worship God because of the faithfulness of Daniel. And then we see Cyrus the Great, the um, the last king of the book of Daniel. Cyrus the Great was the man whom God would use to allow the Jews to return to their homeland and they would be able to go back home and rebuild their temple. Those are the four kings of the book of Daniel. Also, we see the prophecies of the four Gentile empires mentioned in the book of Daniel chapter number 2 and Daniel chapter number 7. And uh, prophesied were um, the kingdoms of Babylon, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Greek Empire, and the Roman Empire. Also, a future Roman Empire where the Antichrist would come out of during the last days. We also see in the book of Daniel chapter number 8 the prophecy of the goat and the ram, which shows the fall of the... Uh, Medo-Persian Empire of Daniel's day and the rise of the Greek Empire that would come in the future for Daniel. We see in the book of Daniel chapter number 9 the prophecy of the 70 weeks. Here's an important thing. The 70 weeks are God's plan for the Jews for the rest of time until Christ's second coming when He will establish His millennial reign. Remember this. It took 490 years for the children of Israel's sin to bring them to the point of being carried into captivity. And after their 70 years of captivity, God says that they would have another 490 years which would bring the Jews to the millennial kingdom of Jesus Christ. When we study the 70 weeks, always remember this, one week equals seven years. In Daniel chapter number 10, we get a sneak peek 
of the spiritual warfare going on in the world around us. Now, we, are, um, we don't see this with our own eyes, and many times we're ignorant of what goes on. But understand, all around us, the forces of God are fighting to protect His people and to allow His people to worship Him and to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout this world. And the devil fights hard against it. I'm glad to know we are on the winning side. We see in the book of Daniel chapter number 11, the precisely fulfilled prophecies that are mentioned in Daniel chapter number 11, they give us confidence in the authenticity and authority of God's Word. As you look at the screen, you can see many, many different faces and many people that probably you've never heard of before. Yet they were all prophesied by God hundreds of years before they were born just to show us that God knows everything and God has His plan working. Nothing takes God by surprise. And we can understand even in our days when we're afraid, especially right now during the coronavirus, we understand and we trust that God has a plan. God is working out His will even in the coronavirus. And we can trust for the believer that all things work together for good for them that love God. Amen? Now let's look at the book of Daniel chapter number 12. We'll read the first verse. The Bible says, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth up for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. Now we see here that what this is referring to is the period of the Great Tribulation. And we need to understand some terms when we talk about the Great Tribulation and we talk about the Tribulation. Now when we talk about the Tribulation period, we're talking about a period of seven years which begins at the rapture of the church and the peace treaty that the Antichrist will make with the Jews and with the um, people concerning Jerusalem. Now that will be the beginning of the tribulation period. And it will last for seven years. It will conclude with the second coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Armageddon. That's the end of the, period, the tribulation period. However, the tribulation period is divided into two halves of three and a half years apiece. And that final three and a half years is known as the great tribulation. It is a time of great trouble. The Bible describes it as something that was never known on this earth in the book of Daniel chapter 12 since there ever was a nation even until today. Not only that, the Bible says that this time of tribulation would be so intense and so great and terrible that if it wasn't for the fact that God had put a limit on how long that tribulation would be, no one on this earth would be able to survive. Now that's a serious period of time. But the blessing is, during that time, of course, the church will be gone. But God's people, the Jews, will still be here. And even during the time of this great tribulation, the Bible says that Michael will stand up. Now that term, stand up, also in the second phrase where it says that he standeth for the children of thy people, these are military terms. They're standing and preparing to defend and to fight. And that's what the Bible's saying that Michael is preparing to do. And it's good to know that, that God has people prepared and God has people in place to stand for His people in times of trouble. We see in these terms, in Daniel chapter number 12, Michael. Michael is the great archangel and he is the defender and protector 
of the people of Israel. When you see in the book of Daniel chapter number 12, you will see this phrase, thy people. Every time you see the phrase, thy people, here in the book of Daniel, not only in Daniel 12, but in the rest of the book of Daniel, it always refers to Israel. There are some people who try to put the church amongst these people. That is not what it's referring to. During this time, the church will be raptured out. God's agents for working on this earth will be His chosen people, the nation of Israel. And God says that He is standing up. His angel Michael is standing up for His people. The term time of trouble speaks concerning the great tribulation. Also, I want you to notice that it says at the very end, it says, everyone that shall be found written in the book, these people shall be delivered. What is the book that's being referred to here? In Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. That book that's referred to is the Lamb's book of life, where every person who puts their faith in God will be found. When we look at Daniel chapter number 2, we were going to look at the resurrections, plural, of the righteous and the wicked. Let's look at Daniel 12, 2. It says, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Now, here in the English, it can be very easily confused. And many people will think this is only referring to one resurrection. However, in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew, the idea that's given here is there are two separate resurrections mentioned. The first resurrection mentioned are for those that will be resurrected to everlasting life. And then the second one is for those who will be resurrected to everlasting shame and contempt. What are these referring to? First off, I want you to understand, this is not referring to the rapture. This is not referring to the rapture. The rapture will be the resurrection of those people who are dead in Christ who were part of the church. It does not refer to Israel. This resurrection is separate from the rapture. Now, what are these resurrections then that are being referred to? Number one, the first resurrection is the resurrection of the righteous. And these who are resurrected of the righteous will be resurrected after the tribulation. When the tribulation period comes to an end, then those believers in God of the nation of Israel, those who faithfully followed and believed God in the Old Testament all the way up to during the tribulation period, those Jews that put their trust in, G in God and Jesus Christ, they trusted in what God had provided for them, they will be resurrected. They are the righteous that will be resurrected. And they will be allowed to rule and reign with Christ during the Millennial Kingdom. The Millennial Kingdom is not something that is necessarily provided for the church. The Millennial Kingdom is a period of time of the reign of Christ on earth for a thousand years to fulfill not the promises to the church, but to fulfill the promises made to Abraham, made to David, made to the people of Israel, where they will finally receive all the promises that God has made in the Old Testament to them. It is a fulfilling of all of God's promises to the children of Israel. Thus, those that are the righteous will be resurrected after the tribulation, before the beginning of the millennial kingdom, so that they too, as a part of the nation of Israel, can experience all the fulfillment of the promises that God had made to their people. 
Now the second resurrection that's mentioned in the book of Daniel chapter 12, verse 2, is the resurrection of the wicked. They are to be resurrected after the millennial kingdom. They will not experience all the fulfillment of the promises that God had made to the children of Israel. After the end of the millennial kingdom will come the great white throne judgment where everyone will be judged on this earth, including those among the Jews who did not believe. That's the purpose of their resurrection. So I want you to understand there are two resurrections mentioned in Daniel 12 too. They are not referring to the rapture. It's referring to the first resurrection, the resurrection of the righteous, taking place at the end of the tribulation before the millennial kingdom, and then the second resurrection occurring after the millennial kingdom for judgment. We see in Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, we see the reward of the righteous. Notice it says in verse number 3, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. I love this verse. This is a great verse on the importance of living for God. God rewards those people who are faithful to Him. Now, verse number 3 has a connection back to Daniel chapter number 11. In Daniel chapter number 11, verse 33, the Bible says, during the time of Antiochus Epiphanes, when he is persecuting the people of Israel, the Bible says in verse 33, during that time, and they, speaking of Jews, that understand among the people, in other words, that know God, that have put their trust in God, they shall instruct many. They shall teach others. They shall pass along their faith. And notice it says here that those people that turn many to righteousness will shine as the stars forever. Now I want you to understand that God puts an importance, a great importance, not only in the New Testament, but He also put it in the Old Testament. The importance of sharing your faith with other people. Are you telling people about Jesus Christ? Is your testimony among people a testimony of true faith in Jesus Christ and showing the power of God and what He can do in an individual life? Have you been faithful to tell other people about Jesus Christ? It is something that each and every one of us needs to do as followers of the Lord. We need to share our faith. And the Bible says for those that will do that, they will shine as the stars if forever and ever. What a great promise from God. Let us be faithful to tell others about Jesus Christ. Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. The Bible says then that the message comes to an end. This final vision. And the Bible says that the angel says in verse 4, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. So right here we see the conclusion of the revelation. Now he says to seal up the book. Shut up the word. Seal up the book. What does that mean? Well, back in the ancient world, when a great document or an important document was made, a treaty between nations, a law that was made, what they would do upon that scroll is they would put the king's seal upon it and they would put it in a safe place so that it could be referred to later and people could go to it and find what was in there. The sealing of it gave it its solemnity and gave it its authority and gave it, gave it its purpose. And right here we see here in the book of Daniel, chapter 12, verse 4, the angel says, seal up the book 
Hey, shut up the words. Put it away. Because now people are going to run to and fro. And in the end, knowledge shall be increased. Now there's been many different ideas about what this last statement means in the book of Daniel chapter number 12, verse 4. It says, even to the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Some people believe that it says here at the end of time that people are going to go to and fro across the face of the earth. They're going to be collecting knowledge and bringing it unto themselves. Maybe that is correct, but I believe this is referring to something else in the Old Testament. We see in the book of Amos, chapter number 8, verse 12, the Bible says, And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the west, and they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and they shall not find it. In other words, everybody's trying to find where the word of the Lord is. They're looking everywhere except for where it is, right here in the word of God. Is that not a statement on our world today? So many people are looking in every different direction. I mean, it gets ridiculous sometimes. I heard somebody on YouTube running down God and they said, Look, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in that the Bible is the Word of God. I think Christians are so stupid to believe in a God. And then right after he said that, then he began to talk about UFOs. And he believed there are UFOs flying around everywhere. And one day they're going to come down to this earth and they're going to tell us secret knowledge and they're going to put everything together and show us the right way to go. And I thought to myself, those are the people that strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. They don't understand what they're saying. They say, I find it hard to believe in a God. Yeah, they believe in something ridiculous like UFOs. You see people who say, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. I don't believe in God, but I'm a spiritual person. They go in every different direction. They go to yoga. They go to karma. They go in all these directions. But they will not look for where that knowledge is. Daniel was told to shut up the book. Here's where it is. You can come and find it. Yet the Bible gives the idea in Daniel 12, 4, actually that people are going everywhere, trying to increase the knowledge. Yet they do not look here for the truth of God's Word. Daniel's amazed at what he sees. He says in verse number 5, he says, Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, the one on this side of the bank of the river and the other on that side of the bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in linen, referring back to that man we refer to in Daniel chapter number 10, which was upon the face of the waters, how long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, times, and a half. And when he shall have completed to scatter the power of thy holy people, all these things shall be finished. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? Notice that these angels call out to the man clothed in linen and ask him, How long shall the end of these things be? When will the time of the end be? And the Bible says that the man begins to raise his hands up in heaven. And in the Old Testament, when they would raise their hands, usually they would only raise one hand. And they would raise their hand when they were making an oath. But here the Bible says the man raises both hands 
And that speaks to how solemn the oath was. That this was a sure word. And the man said that he swear by the God of heaven. He said it would be for a time, times, and a half. Now what does that refer to again? Time, times, and a half, we've already spoke about this, refers to a period of three and a half years. So the great tribulation period will last for three and a half years. And Daniel is amazed. He doesn't know what to think of it. So he cries out in verse number 8, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? This shows Daniel's complete bewilderment at what he has seen and what he has heard. He does not understand what this prophecy is dealing with. He does not have a full knowledge of it. It's been given to him, yet even though he's heard it, and even though he's seen it, it is still a mystery. Now, when we look at this, I want to point out one other thing before we move on. The Bible says that Daniel saw two people standing on the banks of the river. One on the one hand, and one on the other. However, even though there's two people standing, only one speaks to the man clothed in linen. If there's only one that's speaking, why does there need to be two people? Well, the importance of the two people, the two, um, the two that were standing on one and the other bank, refers to, as the Bible says, that for a thing to be confirmed, there must be two or three witnesses. These are the two witnesses to what the man clothed in linen is swearing, the oath he is taking. Another interesting thing concerning this passage is the Bible says here in verse number 7 is that this man was upon the waters of the river. Now in the Hebrew, we see a little change there. The river that this man's standing on is the Tigris River as we know it today, or as it was referred to in the Old Testament, the river Hittikel. Yet the term river that is given in Daniel chapter number five, verse, I mean, chapter number 12, verse 7, is the term not used for the river Hittikel, but actually for the, the Nile River. Now why did he use the phrase the Nile River? When he's saying this, he wanted them to know that just as God had ferried His people through an old foreign nation, like the nation of Egypt, and delivered them, just as He had ferried His people through during the time of the Babylonians and delivered them at that time on the river Euphrates, He will also deliver them this time in the land of Persia. He will deliver His people. It's a spe he's speaking to ancient times and assuring His people He will deliver them. Now, the concluding explanation of the angel is, is given in verses 9 through 13. Look at verse 9. The Bible says, And he, the angel, said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he that waiteth, and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. But go thou thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of days. So right here we see the concluding explanation of the angel. He tells Daniel in verse number 9 
to go thy way, the words are now closed up. We have reached the end of the book of Daniel. This is the end of his prophecies. He's a man near the age of 90, if not 90. He had started out living in the promised land, carried into captivity at the beginning of the Babylonian captivity, and he has lived all the way through it, through the rise and fall of the Babylonian empire to the rise of the Persian empire. And now he's seen his people return back to the land. He's an old man living in um, the region that we would know today as Persia or Iran. And this angel speaks to him and says, it's time to go thy way. Your time, your purpose, your servitude is now complete. He said during this time of tribulation that the result of the great tribulation will be twofold. He says in verse number 10, we will see the purification of the righteous. Those that are believers in Jesus Christ will be purged, will be pruned, and will be made white. Hey, sometimes the trials you're going through aren't meant just to depress you. They're never meant to destroy you. Hey, if God sends trials along your way, they are meant to make you stronger and closer to Him. But also, this tribulation time will also reveal the true nature of the wicked. Notice it says also in verse 10, "...but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand." In this world today, everybody talks about how good they are. And they always talk about how good they are by comparing themselves to someone worse. Have you heard that before? Hey, I'm a good guy. Yeah, I may lie and cheat sometimes, but hey, hey, I don't cheat on my wife. Then the man who cheats on his wife says, look, hey, I may be somebody who commits adultery, but I've never once beat my wife or kids. And then the child abuser will say, hey, maybe I beat my wife and maybe I beat my kids, but I'm no murderer. Then the murderer says, hey, I may be a murderer, but I'm no Charles Manson. Then Charles Manson may say, hey, I may be some kind of crazy serial killer, hey, but I'm no Adolf Hitler. Then Adolf Hitler will try to find somebody else. In this world, you can always find someone worse than you who will try to make you look better. Hey, but our, 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 our measuring stick, the one we should look to is Jesus Christ. And the Word of God should be the one thing we measure our lives by. And understand this, all of us without God are desperately wicked. And what the tribulation period will do is make those who put their faith in God, they will make them white and they will, it will be a time of purifying. But the tribulation will also be a time of revealing the true nature of everyone. Revealing that there are none good outside of God. And that's what the purpose of the great tribulation is in this world. We see a, a timeline of events around the great tribulation given to us in verses 11 and 12. Notice it says this, And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that maketh, maketh desolate set up, there shall be a, a thousand two hundred and ninety days. And then it says, Blessed is he that waiteth, and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. So now in the book of Daniel chapter number 12, we have been given three different periods of time. We see that the great tribulation will last three and a half years. That's given to us in the book of Daniel chapter number 12, verse number 7. It says it will be three and a half years, or in days, that would be 1260 days. So understand this. In the timeline, from the beginning of the great tribulation, 
That's when the abomination of desolation is set up and the sacrifices are ordered to be ceased. That will be the beginning of the Great Tribulation. And 1260 days later will be the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's 1260 days. Now some people get confused when they see that in verse number 11. It says here there will be 1,290 days. So why is there an extra 30 days? Well, between the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the beginning of the millennial kingdom, there's going to be a period, a short period of time. It can't just be set up immediately. And this is what it's referring to. Most Bible scholars believe that the 1290 days refers to the regathering of Israel, bringing Israel from all points, northeast, south, and west, and bringing them back to the promised land. Also, it also speaks of the time when the divine judgments will be begun. Those judgments against the Gentile nations and the judgments also against the nation of Israel and the people of Israel. That is the 1290 days. Now the 1335 days refers to this in verse number 12. It refers to after 1335 days, the divine judgments will have been completed and then the millennial kingdom begins. That is the reason why there is a blessing given for it in verse number 12. The blessing being the millennial kingdom has been inaugurated and the people of Israel will rule and reign with Christ. Then we see the final verse. Daniel chapter number 12, verse 13. The angel says to Daniel, But go thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of days. He says to Daniel, Daniel, go home. Find rest. Hey, go till the end. In other words, he says you're going to rest. And what that term rest means is, Daniel, you're going to die. You're not going to see the fulfillment of these things. I want you to go home and I want you to find your rest. And I want you to be assured of something. The Bible says here that you're going to stand in thy lot at the end of days. Some Bible scholars say that here in the book of Daniel chapter number 12 and verses 2 and verses 13 are the, um, the first time that it's been very clearly given to us that there is a resurrection from the dead. But that is not true. In the book of Job, Job says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that I shall stand, that He shall stand at the latter days upon this earth. And the worms destroy my body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. The promise of a resurrection is given throughout the Word of God. The book of Psalms tells us that, that God would not allow His Holy One to stay in hell, to see corruption that He would be raised up. We see the promise of the resurrection throughout the Old Testament. And we see here the promise of the resurrection given to Daniel. Daniel, you're not going to live long enough to see the fulfillment of these prophecies. But I want you to know something. When these prophecies are fulfilled, you will be there. He says you will be in your lot. You will stand with your people. And you will enjoy the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. I think about Daniel. Daniel spent his whole life, his entire adult life, working in government. He served under the king Nebuchadnezzar. He served under king Belshazzar. He served under king Darius. And he served under king Cyrus. He was so important that he was not allowed to return with his people 
back to Israel, he had to stay in that Gentile nation because he was so important because of the job and the responsibility he had. I imagine it would have been a great desire, Brother Wayne, for Daniel to have been able to work and serve under the king of Israel. To work in a nation of his own people. And I find the blessing here being given to Daniel that at the end of his life, God tells him, Daniel, you're going to die before these things are fulfilled. Go home, find your rest. You will die. But I want you to know something. You will stand in your lot with your people at the end. When the millennial reign comes, you will be there. And I imagine in that future millennial reign that Daniel's going to find a place of service, working under his king, King Jesus, and his um, nation, the nation of Israel. God had made a great, had used Daniel in a great way because Daniel displayed such great faith in God. As we close the book of Daniel, I want to ask you this question. Do you have the faith of Daniel? If you do not, I assure you, you can have it. God does not just make supermen that we read about in the Old Testament. They are people like me and you. They are people who were tested and came through for God. Would you have faith in God? Would you trust Him? Will you serve Him today? I promise you, God can use you just as He used Daniel in the past. All we have to do is be a willing vessel of service to Him. If you have not trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want you to know that there will be a time of judgment. There will be a time where the righteous and the wicked are resurrected to stand before God. My prayer for you is this, that when you stand before God on the judgment day, you will stand in um, that Jesus Christ will be your Savior, that you will be found to have put your trust in Him. Don't delay. Trust in Him today and receive His salvation. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless you for listening for this study of the book of Daniel. Brother Wayne. Well, amen. That's a wonderful study. <clears throat> Twelve weeks. Brother Jeremy's done a wonderful job, and we just want to have a closing word of prayer and give you an opportunity to respond to the message right where you're at, in your home or on the job. I heard that uh, several nurses were taking their break up at the hospital, and we certainly are praying for you, and, and uh, they were listening to the broadcast and this wonderful chapter that summarizes uh, the book of Daniel. <clears throat> that Lord's coming soon and you don't want to be caught in the tribulation. You think this virus is bad? You think this pandemic is bad? <clears throat> well, I'm going to tell you something. The tribulation is going to be 20,000 times worse because God's going to use even pestilence and that's malignant disease without cure. God's going to use nature. God's going to use some uh, horrendous things to judge this world. And if you're saved as Brother Jeremy pointed out, you'll be raptured up before the tribulation and you'll ever be with the Lord. But if you're left behind, it'll be terrible. Don't wait too late. And I want you to consider the message and apply it to your heart, Christians. Be a soul winner, be a witness. But lost friend, this is your opportunity. Religion's not enough. Works will never get you there. There's not a ladder to heaven. There's a cross to heaven. The cross is the cross that bore Jesus Christ. And he died. And three days later, what we celebrate this Sunday, and every Sunday, by the way, he arose from the dead. And he's coming again. And I'll tell you this, Daniel, a great book of prophecy, should stir your hearts to get saved, 
and to be sanctified by God's word to live as a witness in these last days. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll conclude this series and this sermon. Th Lord, thank you so much for the truth that we've heard. And thank you, God, for using our hearts to encourage us and strengthen us in these, in these last days. God, we do pray for those that are on the front line, like the nurses, the doctors, uh, God, the first responders. Uh, God, they've, they're rescuing a lot of people and they're putting their life in jeopardy. And God, we thank you that you came to this earth to rescue a sinner like me. And God, that you came and Lord, you suffered death, hell, and the grave and paid the sin debt just for me and just for everyone that's listening to this broadcast or listening to this sermon in later days. And so Lord, please help someone get saved. Lord, I pray dear God that um, if they're under conviction, <clears throat> that they would call the church and we'll be glad to send them some material. We have a uh, track written by our friend, Brother Rick Spence, that's uh, about the, the virus. And uh, it's a very interesting track, but a very good track about how to be saved. And we'll be glad to send that to anyone that would call in. And so Lord, we pray that you'd use this message uh, and help someone get saved or convict them Help them realize we're in the very last days before the rapture. And God, the time's running out. And Lord, we never know when we're going to die. And Lord, we must be ready to face eternity. So Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for using this message in Jesus' name. Amen.